dad passed away, and I said, well, that's what he lived for, amen. Everybody stand with us tonight, page 393. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansion bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to heaven. What a day! Page uh, 318. My sins are gone. Jeez. <laughs> Amen. I sure am glad my sins are gone tonight. Amen. You ask me why I'm happy, so I'll just tell you why I'm
praise this week on that praise i want you to ring the ring the rafters when we say praise god hey i'm thankful my sins are gone amen i'm glad hey i couldn't get rid of them on but i got somebody to take care of them for me <laughs> well glory amen on the third when satan comes to tempt me and tries to make me doubt i say my sins are glad our sins are gone thank God and I'm glad I'm not an Old Testament saint although if that had been my lot in life it would have been okay but I'm glad my sins are not put into a bag and sewn up and cast behind my back and I'm glad my sins my iniquities have not been cast as far as the east is from the west and I'm glad that they're not put into a sea but I'm glad John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. I'm glad I'm in New Testament. Amen. I'm glad my sins are gone. Thank God, every one of them. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Glad you're here tonight. Give you a good praise report. I always want to do this. God's been so good. And, and the southeastern Kentucky uh, project that we're involved in just seems like it's just crazy. Uh, we sent out another $1,500 yesterday and got a call just a, about two or three hours ago, and they said, we got another check over here waiting for you, $1,100. And saying like we send out 1000 another 1000 comes in. It's just crazy. I ain't never seen nothing like it in my life. I've never seen nothing like it in my life, what's been happening around here the last week about this southeastern business. And, and uh, plus what we was a blessing to the uh, uh, Ukraine thing last night, filling the container. Our church was a real blessing to them last night. And so I'm telling you, buddy, we're just pushing it out. God's bringing it in, and we'll just keep on throwing it out there. 
And so, and I bless the Lord for that. As of right now, then, that's putting us just about another about $2,700, $2,800 in the account now to send on to keep on buying tents and sleeping bags and, and whatever they need on top of that warehouse and uh, furniture that'll be available. And so I tell you, you just can't outgive God. And here's what I credit it. I credit every bit of it to this right here. Jesus spoke more about taking care of the poor than fooling with everything else. And uh, he even said when that woman broke her alabaster box and that religious crowd hollering, why was this not uh, sold and given to the poor? He said, you'll always have the poor with you. And buddy, I'm going to tell you, that's why he told us, he said, uh, take care of the poor. And if you'll do that, you'll get find the heartbeat of God. Amen. I'm glad you'll find the heartbeat of God. Hey, I'm glad he'll, you'll find the heartbeat of God when it comes to poor people because that's where I was. Amen. Probably not God dug me up out of hell. I probably didn't have I probably didn't have thirty dollars to my name. That's exactly right. I probably didn't have thirty dollars to my name between me and Sandy Hunt. Amen. I'll tell you we was living, we'd have to get our paycheck to catch up last week's checks. That's exactly right. We didn't have nothing uh, in the future. We were still just trying to play catch up from last. God is interested in poor folk. <laughs> Amen. And though he was rich, yet for our sake he became poor. And so if you'll just get a heart for poor people, you'll find out you'll find the heartbeat of God. And so we give God all the praise and the glory. And so uh, every dime, every penny that comes in, and we're not using it nowhere else in the world. World. We'll get other stuff for that, but everything that comes in for southeastern Kentucky and all those flood victims, every dime, every penny is going to go right straight for that because I believe if you use one dime of money that you've told somebody is going to be used somewhere, you use one dime of it, you're a God-robbing thief, and you'll give account for it too. I don't care if the thing comes up in your life and you begin to think that, well, maybe we can use it better here. You know, you're well, God-robbing God thief if we tell people we're going to use it for southeast Kentucky and put one penny in easily. Amen. God killed a crowd like that in Acts. And I like living. Amen. Amen. I don't want to walk in and God had to kill me. And so I thank God for all of you giving and everything you've done. Glad to have you in revival. Boy, I'm excited about what God's going to do and has been doing. Let's stand together. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Brother Doyle, would you pray for us, my dear preacher? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
Oh, yeah, you can be seated, agey family. Come on and sing. Hallelujah. Boy, I tell you, the temperature's just right in here. And I'm not talking about what our flesh is a feeling, but the temperature's just right in here. And I bless the Lord. I love the agey family. Don't you love the agey family? Hallelujah. Anybody don't love the agey family, they need to get born again. Amen. Country boys say they need to get born again. Amen. They need to get born again. <laughs> Hallelujah, y'all. Let's sing a little bit more of that. Yeah. 
How about if you help us on that, all right? Think about that last verse, when with the ransom and glory, one day his face I'll see. Will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me. We'll we'll be we're praising him tonight and this week, but we're gonna be praising him through all eternity. And it's gonna center around that lamb that was slain, that old rugged cross, I tell you, that bought and paid for our salvation, our redemption. Let's sing that last verse together. When with the ransom in glory. that verse in the Bible that says we're going to be singing a new song, I just picked that one right there. <laughs> Amen. That'll be it, won't it? We've got a lot to praise the Lord for. He's done a lot for us. He came a long way from heaven to earth to save us. He came a long way from where we were to where he was during our lifetime to save us. Well, he's worthy of all of our praise. Talking about Old Testament, I'm kind of glad I didn't have to get ready for church Old Testament style. Get my lamb ready, bring it up, bring an old goat or a lamb down to the temple and offer it. I'll tell you what, I just come with a testimony. (laughs) I come with a song. Bible says that sacrifices of praise, amen, and that's what he desires, amen. This song goes from the Old Testament to the New. It says it all. One holy lamb took my sins away. Atonement day, a shepherd cries, another spotless lamb must die. Oh, how could just one sacrifice our God Jehovah satisfy year after year the blood would flow but none could wash me white as snow Salvation's day 
hoping the preacher will get us straightened out this week on the praise and worship because my praise overlaps into my worship and my worship overlaps into my praise and sometimes I can't tell the difference. <laughs> I'm free to worship the Lord. Amen. And it's the Son of God that made me free. It's that, in, it's that indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. I tell you that bears witness with whatever's in heaven. Amen. Whatever's on earth will bear witness with heaven. We can touch heaven, can't we? We can touch heaven with our praises. Every now and then we sing holy, holy down here. I can almost hear it touch the holy, holy up there. Because we are connected, amen. Are you free to worship the Lord tonight? It used to be so hard just to lift up my hands. Because Say with 
Bless the Lord. Brother Dean McNeese, come on. Hallelujah. Some good temperature in here tonight. Good spiritual temperature. Well, glory. <laughs> hallelujah. Yes, hallelujah. Yeah, Stand up, son. You're going to pray. Brother Joe, you stand up. You're going to pray at the same time. My dear, sweet brother, you stand. One of you brothers want to stand. Let's get a, somebody, one of you men in the back, stand. One of you men that want to stand. Let's pray together. Lead us, brother Joe. Lead us. <laughs>
Just the ladies now, just the ladies. Amazing grace.
I looked at that first mention of joy. It said when David had returned from the slaughter of the Philistines. Armageddon. Second coming. I need a little help. First mention of joy is 1 Samuel 18, the first few verses. I'm not going to turn there. You know what I love? I didn't look at it until I got to church tonight. But I looked at it while they were singing. You know what they were, you know what? It said the women of the nation came out. Now that would be the churches. That's the churches. In your typology. I personally think church families are going to go through the judgment seat together and I personally think they're going to live in the same spot in the millennial reign. I have enough Bible precepts and pictures for me to believe that. Yeah. Yeah, Revelation 2 and 3, he judged the churches corporately. He judged them together. (laughs) You stayed together, you suffered together, you served together. You think he's going to split you up over there? You think? What? <laughs> Amen. If you had to carry the load, some people have to carry. The other side's going to be real sweet. Some of you got no shout down here because you're carnal, you love money, you love materialism, you ain't a bit interested in sacrificing for the Lord, and you can't enjoy, you can't enjoy two minutes of this. You're robbing yourself. If we have suffered with him, don't think suffering was just the martyrs burned at the fire in the Reformation. If you had to carry what some people carried. So them church families are going to Go through the judgment seat together. That's Genesis 49, those families, the tribes, the 12 tribes, they stood before the Father. And he didn't answer. It wasn't, it wasn't sins being dealt with, it was sons. That's what the judgment seat's going to be about for Christians. 
It's not our sins. He already dealt with them at the cross. For all the saved folk been born again and washed in the blood, you'll never answer or give full account for your sins. He is faithful to chasten, but his whippings are always far less than the actual executive, judicial, legislative sentence you should have received in a court. Your sins never be dealt with again. He don't deal with sins once you get saved. He deals with sons. And he sees when maybe a son is being bad, oh, and he'll deal with that son. But he already dealt with that sin. <laughs> That's what all, and I'm not being a smart aleck, and I'm not being ugly. I'm not trying to embarrass or insult nobody. But there's so many good, sincere believers in Pentecostal doctrine, and this is what they're trying to fix. They're trying to fix something that ain't broke. They're at Wesleyan Methodist holiness needed a second baptism and, and what they were doing was trying to make everybody live right. They were trying to be God. God done dealt with your sins on the cross. Once you get saved, he deals with his sons. And when we're bad, he deals with us. And the judgment seat of Christ is a further dealing with his sons. It's a final dealing with his sons. I guess I need to tell you why that has anything to do with praise. Because I've been thinking on it all day, but not that particular thought. That was brand new. Praise is in the book of Genesis only twice. What y'all think about that? And both times, it's Judah. Look at Genesis 29. I do want you to turn there. I ran you overtime last night. I'm going to try to... I ain't going to try hard, but I'm going to try to... Yeah, he's here. Brother Hunt, we don't want to cast no reflection on you or me. A lot of pastors and evangelists don't know how to ever get out of the way where everybody can see the Lord. And I don't want to get in the way, but we got to stand in the middle of the way or nothing will ever happen. I think the Lord likes this worship and praise business. We've even got heavenly bells going off. That's pretty neat. You know you in a church full of old people, their phone always goes off. They, don't, they usually don't even know it. That's what's cool about it. <laughs> Say amen, Brother Joe. You borderline. You're borderline. 
You married a young woman, but you borderline, sir. Genesis 29, first mention of praise in your Bible. She had four sons, Leah, and there's some rich scripture right here, but I don't have my Bible. One of you agey boys, can you see good and read good? I know you're like me, probably homeschooled, but is that reading okay? <laughs> my kids are all homeschooled. I'm just picking. Read for me Genesis 29 and give me that last verse. That was, that was your Presbyterian voice. <laughs> Read it again a little louder. Some of the older ones have ears. She conceived again and bare a son. Now will I praise the Lord. She was hated. Find that verse. It's six verses earlier, several verses earlier. Jacob, verse 31. Jacob, as this chapter begins, he met a woman at a well. Is your name Noah? Find that verse and read it. It's verse 2 or 3 or 4. <coughs> something about a well of water verse 3 verse 4 yeah just read me verse I just want to hear the word well give me chapter 29 verse 3 Hold on, we got a bunch of flocks gathered together and they're rolling a the stone away. Oh, y'all, I ought not be able to have to expound nothing tonight. I'm going to say it again. There's some flocks gathered together and the stones rolled away. Kind of like us tonight. The sheep gathered together and somebody has rolled the stone out of the way. And if you want to drink, you can tonight. And somewhere in there, there's a woman who comes to the well. Jacob sees Rachel. Let's all stop and thank God that Isaac met Rebecca at a well, and Jacob met Rachel at a well. Uh huh. But Leah had to get in first. The firstborn had to be brought in and dealt with first. That's in the middle of your chapter. Jacob said, I want to marry Rachel. The daddy said, okay, and then he kind of tricked him. Because Jacob had been tricking people, and whatever you sow, 
There's a Laban waiting on you in the next chapter of your life. And so he marries him off to Leah. He said, I didn't want to marry Leah, but you're going to deal with that firstborn first. And all of us are going to deal with that first birth before you can get that second birth. And you're going to deal with that first bride before you can deal with that second bride. Could Leah be the law if Rachel is the bride? Leah was hated. And it was because of the law she had to be married first. Moving on, just a little thought. And he got in there with Rachel, the love of his life. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, what verse is that? We're toward the end of the chapter. Huh? 31. And when he saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. And she had issues. God gave her a son. What, did, what, she, what was her issue right there? Somebody read it to me. Why she named him Simeon. Something about hate? Or is that the Do I need to go get my Bible? Why did she name that first one? What she named it? Reuben, what, 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 what does she say? Huh? He had looked on my affliction. He said, man, this affects my affliction. It didn't. She had another son. Why did she name him what she named him? Something about the husband hating her? Somebody read that to him. I'm going to start using these agey girls if you boys don't. Go ahead and read it to me. Why she named him that? Uh huh. Maybe this son will fix my affliction. Maybe this son will fix that I'm hated. Third son. Third son. Levi. Okay, read to me what her issue there was. Still didn't work. <laughs> All this stuff you think is going to fix your life, it ain't what's going to fix your life. She had a fourth one, and she quit trying to fix everything. She said, I'm just going to do something now. <laughs> Go ahead, son. You're doing good. Read it to me. Ain't no talk about affliction. Ain't no talk about hated. Ain't no talk about maybe my husband will join to me. Now she said, I'm done trying to fix my life. <laughs> I'm done trying to fix my husband. Yeah. I'm done trying to fix my heart that's broken. I'm done trying to fix my rejection. I'm done trying to fix what I am and what I think I come short. I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm just going to praise the Lord with this boy. Well, glory. Yeah. Yeah. 
praise him. And God said, that's the boy. I'm going to bring Jesus from him. That's the boy. That's the seed of Messiah. That's the line. That's my king's coming from that one. My, 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 the savior of the world's coming from that one. The incarnate word's coming from that one. The king of all kings is going to come from that one. Jesus was born. Hey! She said, I'm done with all that. I'm just going to praise the Lord. And the Lord said, that'll be my baby. That's my baby. Reuben threw away his gifts. He was cruel. Simon and Levi were brethren of anger and murder. Because he's born in the middle of hatred and affliction and rejection. She said, this boy, I'm just going to praise the Lord. <laughs> the Lord said, that'll be the one I can use. That'll be the one I can use. Go to Genesis 49. I'm almost done tonight. Probably not, but felt like a good place to say that. Yeah, it felt like a good place that evangelists should say something like that. Genesis 49. Oh, preacher. Ooh. He, he came tonight. He's here. Genesis 49.1, Dr. John Phillips said this is the judgment seat of the Old Testament. Jacob, Israel, called his 12 sons in. And see, at the end of the, at the, end of the New Testament, Jesus calls his, he goes in there, them 12 disciples and 12 apostles. On the gates and the foundations. What about this, Pastor? There's 12 men that he started the Old Testament with. Guess how many minor prophets there are at the end? 12. He ends the Old Testament with 12 men. He opens up the New Testament and calls 12 men. And you get to the last part of Revelation and there's 12 gates and 12 walls and 12 foundations. Got the names of the apostles and the tribes. And they were some real rascals in there. But they're still sons. And their names are inscribed on the other side. Uh, what did he do? He called his sons together. You see it? It's judgment seat. That Old Testament. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, now here's some rapture language. Gather yourselves together. And if you think we're not in prophecy, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the what? The what, what? The last day. 
in case you thought I was just reaching on that business. Uh, verse 3, Reuben, my firstborn, my might, the big, I, I don't have time to deal with him. You're unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. And there was some sort of immoral, awful sin that went up to thy father's bed and defiled it. Simeon and Levi are brethren, instruments of cruelty. They're still sons, but they're being dealt with. Here comes Judah. Huh. What's going down here? Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. That's the only second time. Praise is only in Genesis, the bed seed book of all truth in the Bible and all truth in the world. Praise is only in there twice, and it's with Judah both times. You're going to be proud of me, Dr. Hunt. I've got an alliterated outline. I'm struggling to remember it. It's only two points. That first praise of Judah. Oh, I wrote down something so clever. Y'all were going to like it. I forgot it. Judah, in, his, in, the, in the birth, and then at the end, Judah at the Bema. Judah in his beginning, and then Judah at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ. Praise. Kind of like your life. What really matters? Two things. Have you been saved? And how's it going to be for you at the judgment seat? <laughs> I said something last night and caught some of you off guard. You wasn't used to talking about that. I'm not either. But you're going to have praise of men. At the end of this thing, God said then, they then, they'll be, go to Corinthians 4. I couldn't believe it when I saw this today. Keep a finger in Genesis 49. Go to 1 Corinthians 4. Going to have praise of God. 1 Corinthians There's chapter 3, there's verse 13, the day shall declare it, shall be revealed by fire, the fire shall try. I'm in 1 Corinthians 3, 13. Are y'all anywhere close to that? What does that last line say? And the fire shall try every man's sin, every man's work. I don't want to, I don't want to. Get off into this, but neither are sinners going to be judged for their sins. You go to the great white throne judgment at the end of Revelation, and it says works, their works, for their works. Same thing, we're judged for. I need a little help right there. I didn't want to get over in there, and I'm not going to, but when he went to Calvary, he carried all of our sins. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world and that's exactly what he did. Yeah. 
And if you go to the lake of fire for eternity, it won't be a sin problem. He already took care of it. It'll be a son problem. Only it's going to be capital S. You reject his son, you got no other way to God. And then you'll be judged on your works and tossed in the lake of fire. That's just Bible. I can't make up other stuff. If any man's work, if any man's work, I'm in verse 16. You think I'd have... Yeah, yeah, that's what I was looking for. It's all good verses. Chapter 4. Chapter 4, and I'm heading for verse 5. But I need to read verse 4. And actually verse 3 will help us. Let's go ahead and get verse 1 and 2 in there. See, y'all wanted to. 1 Corinthians 4, we're talking judgment seat. Why? Because praise is only in twice in Genesis. When he was born and when he stood in judgment with his father at the end. The only two times praise is in there. And his father said, your brethren are going to praise you. You go ahead and just make your own scriptural conclusion of what's going to happen on the other side. (laughs) Chapter 4. Let a man. You see, I can't imagine somebody praising a brother. We've done it tonight. Without any pride, without any arrogance, in the Holy Ghost and humility, I'm thankful. We, we, we've said how thankful we are for the A.G. family. We're honoring them. And I ain't scared to say it. I'll, I'll give the Lord Jesus all the praise and glory and honor. But you see youngins like that living for God like they are, I'm going to praise them. I'm going to brag on them. You got a good man of God standing in the gap. Y'all do understand with his natural, and I'm not being cute or funny, with his natural talent, he could be in some big places. Could have been, would have been. But there's actually some preachers that just want the will of God. And and they're figuring that God's seeing something bigger on the other end of this thing, and they're just trusting Him and stay and turning down all the bribes. And He ain't scared to have a two-week meeting. Everybody in America's too busy. Well, here in a minute, they're gonna have plenty of time on their hands when the whole thing shuts down. And they're gonna hunt a church, and they ain't gonna be able to go to one. And only folk that have been having church are going to be able to have church where you can't have church. We won't worship these youngins, but I'll praise them. Not the same praise we give Jesus. You better believe I will every chance I get. Thank you, youngins, for giving your life to God. <laughs> yeah, I want to gossip a little bit in front of everybody. 
Y'all don't be listening now, you see. After the other week, we was in that other meeting. Y'all ministered to that pastor. We got a pastor friend in Tennessee. His 21-year-old daughter moved away, broke their heart, and got ran over by an 18-wheeler and then a second truck. One of the awfulest things I've heard in many years. And they have so many unanswered questions they hadn't hardly talked to her in a year. You know who was there for them? Who was there at the funeral? Who stood up there and sang? And they sang it as well with my soul. And just the other day we was all in that man's church and they sang it and God helped him. God helped that pastor all night. So I'm willing to brag on you, your family. In a good, humble, Christian way. Nobody's trying to take glory from Jesus. All this reflects glory on him. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one to another. Thank you for being an example to my two teenage daughters. Kendall and Chloe have somebody they can look at that ain't painting on the tight britches, that ain't boogie-woogieing and coloring your hair like a clown. Now, Jennifer colors her hair because she don't like that one gray patch. <laughs> but it ain't orange, yellow, and purple. Thank you for acting like ladies and being ladies and looking like, and, and actually being ladies and standing up there singing and not swaying, not dancing. Even though we missed a couple of good opportunities on that banjo, I nearly did a clog. <laughs> I called my brother Jason. Jason's known y'all longer and been a lot with you a lot more in some of those competitions and conferences y'all are in together. I called Jason on speakerphone with my daughter. We were all in the family talking about you girls. Boy, as long as they're around, ain't nobody going to talk about y'all. You have figured that out. <laughs> figured that out? Get you a pocket knife and a coon dog, you'll be fine. <laughs> I called Jason, my brother, pastor, and Mary. I said, I'm not trying to embarrass y'all. You probably couldn't at this point, y'all. You're around preachers all the time, ain't you? I said, Jason, why ain't none of them Aggie girls married yet? He said, because they're, that's what he told me. He said, because they're serious about God. He said, most young men ain't. That's what Jason told me. I said, I believe that. And they're waiting. I think I can speak that much for them. They're waiting on God, and they're serving the Lord in the meantime. And do you see me talking to their dead and not to them? What's wrong with these preachers that hug up on three or four girls and get them selfies like they're fixing to run off with all of them? I need a little help right there. You see me talking about these young ladies, but I'm looking at their father. 
this little contemporary generation runs around half naked and their music sounds like rock music and then they look like they got groupies instead of going to church with Christians. And all them hugged up bedroom eyes slapsed over and piled up together getting you a selfie. I'm all right if I take a picture with your daughters or your sons, but I'm going to stand there. People will know that I'm their preacher friend, not their, <laughs> not look like something else. What you doing right now? I'm praising some godly young ladies. <laughs> Y'all know on the other side we're going to brag on each other? I started a long time ago. I try to tell people when they mean something to them, when they mean something to the Lord's people. I try to tell them. I try to brag on them and love on them. If you get my next newsletter, I bragged on two men of God that raised me by name, two other men of God that preached in my life, two other men of God that showed me the ways of God, and two other men of God that showed me the Bible. It's my 40th year preaching, and I took a big paragraph to honor Clay McNeese and Randy Bell, my dad and my uncle, godly preachers. And when we bury them white-haired men, we won't, have to, we won't have to cover the truth or make up a lie to brag on them. I need a little help right there. And then I thank God for Roy Gentry and Sammy Allen. Two North Georgia preachers that I grew up in under both of their shadows. Men of God who knew the Lord Jesus and knew the Holy Ghost. Believe the Word of God. And then I thank God for Harold Seitler and Lester Roloff. Men like them that gave us a great heritage. And I thanked God for Dana Williams and Mike Bagwell, two older evangelists still in my life that I call for Bible counsel. There's eight men. I was praising them. <laughs> and it's right as rain. I understand some shallow-minded person could twist my words and say that I was praising men. There's only one man we praise in that one way, and that's the Lord Jesus. Just thought I'd talk about it because it's in the Bible. In Genesis 49, I'm fixing to read you a verse where it said, and then shall every man have praise of God. Are y'all in 1 Corinthians 4 still? God's going to... I mean, that's just stuff we ain't used to say because we all know we're a bunch of old defiled worms. We all know we're just sinners saved by grace. We can't believe that we put a crown of thorns on his head and he's going to put crowns of glory on ours. I still can't believe that was the trade. I can't believe that was the trade. Let me read this. Need to wind her down tonight. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 1. Let a man sow a count of us. We're right in the middle of a judgment seat context. As of the ministers of Christ. And... Stewards, now, folk, 
and preachers, pastor, all these stewardship banquets. How come every time I've ever heard somebody read this, I'm telling you I've done it. And they're going to act like the verse said, stewardship of the monies of God. And it don't say that. Required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Every stewardship banquet, every once a year, y'all need to tithe the sermon. And this is the text. We're not stewards, it said right here, of the monies. That's in chapter 8 and chapter 9. <laughs> Don't think it ain't in there. I am an independent Baptist. I will hit that, shoot you through the heart, ricochet off the wall, come back, and that thing hits you in the wallet and see if you go down or not. We're stewards of the mysteries. What we're doing in here is a mystery to this world. What went on, what has gone on this very evening, the first hour especially, is a mystery to the world. The way our dear sister carried on a little while ago, that's a mystery to this old world and to half of you carnal backslid sitting on your tithe ain't witnessed in 10 years, ungodly church splitting gossip monger outfit, whoever you are, you know who you are. It's a mystery. You open this book, and the reason people are crying and getting blessed, and, oh, yeah, and, and a natural man looks at that book. <laughs> this church is a me- What are y'all doing there? It's hard to explain. We assemble. <laughs> what was y- didn't y'all do it last night? Why do you need to come back and do it again the next night? Hard to explain, y'all. There's mysteries in here. We're meeting with our Lord. Well, I'm going to come in there and see if I can see him. The question is, is will we see you one day on the other side? If you can't see him in here, we ain't going to see you over there. Verse 3, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you. I've read that verse to several fellers. (laughs) I have. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, this is a good place to get. I judge not mine own self. Now, there's a free fella. For I know nothing by myself. That's even more freedom. Reason half y'all full of strife, you think you know everything. Won't you sit down one day and just say, Lord, I don't know. And I'm figuring you're not even going to tell me. I think I'll just trust you and serve you. Yet I'm not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts. And then, Shall every man have praise of God? You know why we ought to love, honor, commend, and brag on each other in the spirit of Christ? You know why? 
because of verse 9, 10. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were, appointed to death. For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake. He said, we are weak. He said, we are despised. Come on, I'm in a, a whole list, but look at verse 13. Being what? Defamed. Well, that's the opposite of made popular. Real Christians and real men of God are defamed. Kicked around, stomped, mocked, ridiculed. The next verse said to the scum on top of the septic tank. Would you look at the next verse? You're the filth with the filth and the offscouring of the world. That's literally the scum on top of the septic tank. So I think it might do you good to come along and tell them. I appreciate you. I know this whole world's defaming you, defiling you, defeating you, stomping on you, treating you like sewage. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I appreciate you. We can sit in here and rejoice, your three daughters, in the real world and out there in that world and most half the time in this world. There's a reproach. Modesty. Holiness. That countenance. And I know there ain't none of you faking it. Because if you're faking any of it, it'd be fake. And it ain't. Neither your boys, neither. There ain't no fakeness on it. There's a reproach. There's a million girls out there mocking what they are and what they do and how they stand. And they get a chance, they sink venom in them. There's a handful of us proud of them and the rest of the entire world and society is very much against them. But we're for them. And we ought to brag on them. And we ought to thank God for them. You know what the Lord gave us tonight? I don't know no other way to put this. It's going to hurt all of our feelings. They're overqualified. He gave us something better than we deserve. That makes sense, Brother Hutt. They're overqualified. Earl Hughes used to say, top chef. He said, I tried to look at you, Dean. All I could see was the bottom of your feet. You're so way up there. Top chef. He'd bang me on the back. I'm proud of you, son. Top chef. The Lord gave us his best. That was like worthy of a hundred thousand people in a coliseum. What they did for him tonight. But God gave it to us. Because the Lord likes his church. He's overqualified to be here. All of you beloved saints in here, you're overqualified. For this world. And this little come by and kick dirt on us, shabby, mock us. 
Oh, some of you wheels are turning. You don't know how to process this. Well, what do you think on the other side? You'll get a real good look at what he thinks of you. In glowing, glorified bodies with crowns, several crowns, and mansion, he's going to say, this is what you were the whole time. That's why the devil hated you. Why do you think I want to have an old preacher parade? I want to give a little, little, just a little preview of their judgment seat of Christ. If you've been faithful, that's really all you need to be concerned about, the judgment seat. Several verses say that's all he's looking for. Okay. I've absolutely got another solid hour in me right now. But I, I need to let y'all go home, go to bed, go to breakfast, go to work, come back here tomorrow night. I'm so full. I could preach till midnight and never miss a lick. You bring me Waffle House, I'll go to two. <laughs> Hard not to, ain't it, Brother Joe? My heart's full. Let me give you a little preview. I didn't get into the study of Judah. That was just the two places he's in Genesis. Little preview, Bible study. Lord willing, coming tomorrow night. How did, how did Judah do so well at the judgment? I didn't read the verses, but every bit of it was wonderful and glowing. He too sold his brother Joseph into sin, into Egypt. He too sold his brother Joseph. Matter of fact, he was one of the leaders. He had a chapter right before Joseph's chapter of sexual immorality. How come Reuben got in trouble for his physical immorality? And Judah did not. Y'all remember? Tamar, the daughter-in-law, played the harlot to preserve the seed. She never did get in trouble. She was not a wicked woman. She, that little old Gentile gal was the only godly thing in the story. It was to preserve. She's the only one. The Gentile's the only one in the picture that, 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 had a high estimation of the seed of the Messiah. All the Jews involved were treating it like nothing. We'll get in that chapter. And he picked her up and thought she was a harlot. And twins came out of that. And one little fella reached out before the other and they tied a scarlet thread around his wrist and he pulled it back in and told his brother, we're going to be okay. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny what I'm fixing to say. You're going to laugh anyway. But their grandpa was their daddy. What about the Lord getting in the middle of even incest? Matthew 1. Yeah. There's some big names. You want to hear them? Yeah. 
the book of generation of Jesus Christ, biggest name of all. David of Abraham. Whoa, 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 whoa. David Abraham. Woo, big name, big name, big name. And Perez and Zulvath. Who? Who? The firstborn and the secondborn. That was just a list of firstborns and not all of them. How'd them two fellas get in there? How'd they have a verse behind that verse with all them big names? Because one of them reached out. The firstborn reached out and got the blood, and pulled, the blood covenant, and pulled it back in. And the secondborn said, Yeehaw! And busted out first. <laughs> the firstborn got the first birth, got the blood covenant. And the secondborn became the firstborn. I'm not trying to be confusing. That's what happened to you. You were born of the flesh, your first birth, and you reached out to Calvary and got that blood covenant, pulled it back in, and then you were second born, and then that second born comes out first. got over there with Joseph and confessed all that sin. We're going to get Benjamin. And they didn't even know who Joseph was, the Savior of the world, sitting on the throne. And he got in a room with him, going to keep your little brother. Can't. I'm not going to mess this up again. We had a little brother one time. This is Genesis 44. We had a little brother, and I did wrong. I hurt my daddy. He was talking to the little brother, didn't even know it. Uh, and, 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 he conf and he said, I've made myself a surety. I'm not going to be guilty of this iniquity. Yeah. Oh, he got, the, he got the blood covenant in his story. He got to confess and stuff before the son so that when he stood before the father, he wasn't in trouble. If you confess stuff to the son, you won't be in trouble when you're in front of the father. Y'all see why I got another hour in me? Because I want to treat it right. Pick it apart. They sing them songs right. I want to preach it right. Y'all go back up there or I'll preach another hour. Head on up there. Go up there quick, circumvent this evangelist. <laughs> I got another hour in me. If somebody don't do something, I'll be here at 11 o'clock preaching. <laughs> Brother Hunt, I know I didn't explain it to him. Just gave it to him there in 60 seconds. But his seed reached out and got the blood covenant and the second born got in and they made it in that family tree over there in Matthew 1 the verse behind Jesus and when he stood before the son who was the savior of Egypt he confessed to him what he had done 
And so then when he stood in front of the Father, he wasn't in trouble. He'd already confessed it. You go ahead and keep sin in your life. I know I t- God ain't going to judge sin, but he's going to judge sons. Let's bow our heads. I tell you, the only way I know to, after the way the Lord's met with us, well, to come around this altar and have prayer. Well, to just come around this altar and have prayer. Would y'all play and make music for us, family? Hallelujah. 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 the blood of the crucified Hallelujah. Amen. Thou ransom from sin and a new earth begun. Sing praise to the Father and praise to the Let's stand with our heads bowed and our eyes are closed tonight. These are praying in the altar. Somebody's here tonight, lost, never been saved. You're not a son. Surely you're sitting as confused tonight, wondering what is all that about. There's just some people in here tonight who realize one day they were lost and undone without Jesus, headed off for devil's hell. All of sin comes short of the glory of God. Jesus reached down with mercy and grace. We reached up in faith, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. Buried him, but on that third glorious day, Jesus got up from the grave, victorious over death, hell, and the grave so that all that will call upon him shall be saved. You can come tonight and say, I don't understand everything that's going on. To be right honest with you, there's a whole lot goes on I don't understand. But one thing I do know is I know I went to Jesus one night and I called on his name. I asked him to forgive me of my sins, and he washed my sins away, made me part of the family. I became the son. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. Male or female tonight, if you've never come to that point in your life where you just asked Jesus to come into your heart, forgive you of your sins, I want to invite you to come tonight. We've got people that are well qualified that can take the word of God and show you through Scripture 
how you can leave here tonight not in doubt, but leave here tonight knowing that your name's written in heaven. And to know that if you was to die right now, heaven would be your home and you'd not have to go to hell. I want to invite you to come. Would you slip out of your seat? And would you just slip out and come? Would you slip out and would you come and just ask Jesus, say, I want to get saved. He'll save you tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, people are praying. We'll give you just a moment to do this. I do believe tonight that we are to cry out as an old song said, and even the Bible teaches us, sinner, come to God. Sinner, come to God. God's dealing with your heart, and you may say, how do I know if God's dealing with me? That's how you know. You don't have any questions unless God's dealing with you. I don't care what any of these easy believism and all that mess is. If the Holy Ghost dealing with you, you'll start inquiring. What must I do to be saved? Would you slip out and come tonight? You say, I don't even know what to do. If you want to be saved, you come. How can I believe or how can I know except some man guide me? We sing that so well last night. You may not understand it, but you have a hunger and you want to know about God and how to be saved. If you'll slip out, I promise you somebody here will guide you just as Philip guided that Ethiopian unit. God is standing at the, he's standing with his arms outstretched, willing to save all that is lost, not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to repentance. You may say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I know if you die without Jesus, you'll go to hell. But God don't want you to do that. That's why he sent Jesus. Would you slip out of your seat and come to this altar and say, I'm coming tonight. I want to get saved. I want what y'all talking about. I want what y'all talking about. And I want to know how to get what y'all talking about. And I want to get in this family. I want to be in this sonship. Would you slip out of your seat and come? Right where you're standing, just slip out and come. We'll wait just a moment. I'm not one that gives long, long invitations, but I will mind the Holy Ghost. Would you slip out and come? Would you slip out and come? I want to be saved. I want to trust Jesus tonight as my Lord and my Savior. Would you slip out of your seat and come? Would you come? Trust Jesus. No matter what you've done, who you've done it with, or how much of it you've done, I'm glad one drop of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ can wash all your sins away. Would you slip out and come? Would you come tonight? They're going to sing one more verse, and this will be for you. If you don't come on this verse, we'll be done. But we'll give you one more verse, one more opportunity. Don't spin it. Born again the makes the difference. You're on the verge. You're real close to it. Won't you come? Slip out and come. Slip out and come. Swallow your pride. Why don't you come? I want to be saved. Come on. Slip out and come. 
Almighty, God bless your hearts. The ushers, would you get the offering pans and let's take up an offering tonight. Offering goes on to the, for the revival. We're taking care of singers, taking care of the man of God. And we're doing it, and we're going to take care of them too. And uh, I believe you're supposed to do that. And that's what we're going to do. And Miss Stephanie's going to play us some taking up money music. And um, y'all do like the undertakers at the funeral. Walk slow. Come through with them pans. And we'll do like the black folk do it too. We don't get enough the first round, we'll not pass it again. It's the way they do it. This Indian boy do it too. <laughs> it's me half right. We prepare for this meeting. We don't bring you in the fleshy. We'll give you a chance to be a blessing. Well, you've left Brother Terry back there halfway around. We're going to have an usher's training class in about three weeks. In about three weeks, we're going to have a, yeah, we're going to have an usher training class. All righty, let's stand together. Service is back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Uh, I'm going to try to keep you all from getting a headache. Don't go out of here trying to explain what happened here tonight. <laughs> That'll save y'all from getting a headache. You can't explain a move of God, what he's done in here tonight. Just come back at, and we'll start the music again about 6.45, just about like we did tonight. And, and I think that worked out real well, didn't it? And we're glad to have everybody. We've got a few visitors in here tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. Glad our regular folks, and I appreciate our church. Appreciate our church folks showing up for revival. That's a real blessing. I sure do thank you for it, and I enjoyed the AG family. Enjoyed the good message tonight. So we'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. God bless your heart or 645. God bless you.